It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Love Talk Radio. To all my people in the struggle, you think God's forgotten about you. Here's some pain medicine. Let's go! (laughs) You in your car, you at the house, on your job, be encouraged, boo. Sonia, can you hear me? Yes. Sorry. Oh, sorry about that, sir. Let me just put you back in the queue. I wanted I think. to hear the show. I wanted to hear the show, and I'm not able to hear it for some reason. Okay. Uh, there's been some technical difficulties, but we're back on. There. I'm going to put you back in the queue, and if you would like to speak a little later, just push the one. But I, I think I have okay. Sonia here, and I have to get to her. Thank you. Okay. Sonia? Is this Sonia? Sonia? Yes, can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. Um, did, were you okay. able to hear anything I was saying earlier? I was not able to hear anything. I had to hang up and call you back, but now I am ready to go. Okay, we are both on, ready. Oh, yeah, we're going to press through it. Thank you, listeners. Um, This is no no surprise. But anyway, we're going to go through and we're going to uh, press through because God is in control. So, listeners, I just want to thank you for listening to the broadcast. I will be giving you updates in a couple of um, shows later about what's going on with me. You haven't heard from me in about six months, but this has been some amazing things happening. But today, let me tell you that today is definitely ordained by God. But before we go on, I want to just give thanks to God. 
Father, I just thank you for this program. I thank you for Sonia. I thank you for the listeners that are listening live and also in the archives. Father, I thank you that you have control over this airways and no demon in hell can stop this show from going forth. Father, I thank you for the timely message that the vessel you have brought forth for such a time as this will bring forth. Father, I thank you so much. You have put her strategically in my life and in the lives of others. And Father, we just thank you that every listener and caller that has that is prompted by the Holy Spirit to either say something or to be ministered to will press the one and that they'll be in queue. And when it's time, I will bring them in based on the flow of the Holy Spirit. So Holy Spirit, have your way in this broadcast. In the name of Jesus, thank you. Well, listeners, I want to tell you a little bit about Sonia, and I just want to tell you she's a, a woman who is definitely after God, and she is obedient to God. And God had us meet years ago, and even through that time, she has been very instrumental in my life. There is maybe a handful of women that strategically God uses to give a word and season for me. And I know that when they are speaking and speaking in my life that this is something he wants me to hear. So I believe every minister should have uh, people around where they can be very transparent and be themselves and also be able to, to be teachable. So she has been one of these ladies. And just recently when we were talking, I was telling her how I just got in my spirit to continue to sing about Emmanuel, Emmanuel, and she talked about what the Lord had shown her about Emmanuel, God with us. So I want to bring live on the air Sonia Brundridge. She is, and I'm just going to speak from what I know about her, she is not only a teacher, she's a terrific mother of three boys, I think it is, and she is a, um, she has had TV shows, she is a reporter of the Daily Press, I think it's in Virginia Beach, she has hosted conferences, she even puts on conferences, but mainly she is a handmaiden of the Lord. So without further ado, I want to introduce and bring on Sonia Brundridge. Welcome, Sonia. Thank you so much, Kathy, for having me, and I just want to thank God for just an opportunity again to, to speak with you, and, and I just know that the word that the Lord has placed on my heart and just our conversation that we're going to have today is going to bless so many people because... As you said, the, the word that the Lord really placed in my heart for, for this year was Emmanuel. And, and so I have this little thing that the Lord and I do, and, and I always ask him every single Christmas, okay, Lord, give me a different part of the whole Christmas story, something that is overlooked or something that people don't really focus on or something that they see, but they, maybe they don't delve into it. And I want you to just illuminate that, that small word to me. And so I was looking through and reading the Christmas story and the words Emmanuel, that just really stood out to me where, it, you know, it said his name will be called Emmanuel. And I thought, wow, you know. So I, I read, I think it's Matthew one twenty one. it says, look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. And for some reason, this time, instead of it just being just this song that we sing and 
this nice little message, you know, oh, his name will be called Emmanuel. And, you know, we kind of just make it into this really, I don't know, we, we don't really think about it. We say things may sound nice to us. They sound religious. <laughs> you know, they sound spiritual. Right. And so we just kind of accept it as his name will be called Emmanuel. But the Lord just stopped me on that and hit pause and said, I want you to think about that. Don't just read the rest of the story. I want you to stop there. Because if I say something and I give it in my word, there is importance to it. And people, too many times, we just kind of roll over things and get to the next moment. We don't stop and savor what is the Lord saying. Because when he speaks, it's heavy. It has weight. It has power. It has potency to it. And we need to hear. We need to have ears to hear what the Lord is saying. So I thought about that. What does that mean? Emmanuel, God is with us. And I've been reading through the Old Testament, so it was it, it just really hit me that God spoke to his people Israel, and he kept saying to them, I will be with you. I will go with you. When David did anything, I will be with you. It, that was the whole key. It wasn't, I mean, Moses, think about it. Moses said to, to the Lord, I will go when you go, but if you don't go with me, we'll just stay here. He basically just said, you know, it's okay if, if you don't want to go with me, because he was going to send him forth. And I almost always wondered, was God testing Moses at that point? <laughs> you know, but he, Mo, Moses, he was going to send Moses forward, and Moses says, well, I tell you what, if you don't go, God, then we'll just stay here. And, you know, whenever you get ready, when you have time, <laughs> we will, we'll go whenever you're ready to go, but we're not going to go. I don't want to go unless you go with us. And realizing that power, Moses knew without God, he was nothing. The word tells us that apart from God, we can do nothing at all. But with God, what does that mean? We can do everything and we can do anything because God, he says what? With man? Yes. With man. And how many times are we trying to do something with man? If we can get with this man or with that man or that person or this ministry or that ministry, we're always looking to get with man. But my Bible tells me that with God, all things are possible, not with man. And and that's the, the key is getting that truly in our spirit. We hear things like that and we say we believe them, but we still walk in this fear because we don't really realize that with God, all things are possible. And so... I think that is so much the key right there because when the Lord just deposited that in my spirit, it just burst inside of my heart that it does not matter what I don't have, what I'm lacking, what my weaknesses are. It's all about Emmanuel, God with us. I mean, come on, Moses couldn't even speak. He couldn't even speak. I'm thinking, Lord, he's been a stutterer. (laughs) He's been a man who stutters. (laughs) To send forth and give a message. I mean, come on. We would, what would we do? We're looking with man. Okay, with this man who is very polished and eloquent and he can speak so wonderfully and, oh, he's so persuasive. He's got great charisma. We want that man to go and deliver our message. But God says, now, if he is with this person, it doesn't matter what your weaknesses, your skills, and that is so powerful. You have to get that in your mind, but it doesn't matter who you are. It's all about who are you with. With God, you can do the impossible. With God, you can do things that supersede your weaknesses, supersede your imperfections, supersedes your past 
supersedes your thoughts. And I love that because that is what presses us on. I think if you can get that in your mind, that's when you go into the camp and you can kill Philistines. That's when you go into the camp and you can bring down giants. When you understand it's not about your weaponry. I mean, come on. David would have been hosed with a slingshot and a stone had it just been about him. But it was a with God moment, an Emmanuel moment with David that caused him to do the impossible and slay a giant that was in his life facing him. Not only did he wait for the giant to come to him, he ran towards the giant. You can run towards whatever is standing in your way. You can run towards whatever oppositions you have. You can run towards whatever enemies you have. You can run towards whatever addictions, whatever has been holding you back, whatever has been a stronghold in your life, whatever has been an an issue that has kept you held back and bound, you can run to it with God. And that's the key right there is realizing that you're not in this thing alone, and you've got to learn to rise up and attach yourself, link with God, and believe that with God all things are possible with you. And that is the key right there. We can't look at our weaknesses. We can't look at the past. We can't look back. We've got to be looking forward and understanding that with God you run towards it. You know, you think about David, and you got to picture this and imagine it in your mind, that here is a small little person. You know, I mean, David was not a man, yet he was still a boy. And he's got a slingshot, no armor, no nothing. But he knows that he can do this with God. He said, who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he would taught the name of God? Who who is this? He realized that God was the one who caused. He he didn't even look at, at the fact that he had killed a lion and he had killed a bear. He knew even that God had given those things into his hands. And if God had given him a lion, God had given him a bear, then God can give him a a, a huge, giant Philistine. No match for the living God. And I think that's the key right there. These are not just stories. These are examples that God is wanting to equip his people with so that they can understand that they can do great and mighty things. I look at myself and I think, oh, my goodness, it's like the weaknesses just glare you know, I think I, it seems like I don't know what it is about the older I get, the greater I see the weaknesses. And then it just makes me think, oh, my goodness, I, I know I need God because ain't nothing going to happen. <laughs> Unless I wake up with, with Jehovah Jireh, my provider. I mean, it's not going to go forth because, you know, and that's the thing. It's, it's the more that the enemy tries to bring the the weaknesses and my thoughts and, and my failures to my forefront, to my face, He puts them in my face, and I'm like, ooh, you know, my, he's right. I have walked on that tip. I have failed in that area. Wow, that even shows me more how great God is and how much I need him. (laughs) And so I find that I am being driven to do more for the Lord as I depend on him and see my great need for him, understanding that with man or with someone with myself, I can't accomplish anything. It's not going to happen. I'm going to curl up in a corner somewhere and say, I quit. But somehow I get a glimpse of the light of the Savior. And when I look towards that light and I look to him, I realize with God I can do all things. And it has been that that has carried me through everything that I've gone through. 
I mean, I look over my life even as a teenager, and I'm like, how did I make it through? I have friends who are like, man, you kind of had a rough childhood in some ways. And I'm like, you know, it's just like I really didn't even see it that way because with God, I, I just – he was always with me. You know, it's kind of like when you're you're doing something and it's really scary, and it's really, I mean, it could even be kind of crazy that you're doing it. But if you're doing it with a friend, it could, it's kind of fun. <laughs> and you realize <laughs> that you would have never done, it, <laughs> done something that crazy by yourself. Mm-hmm. But with a friend, you did it. You had courage. It's that friend being there. And I'm thinking, man, and that friend is only flesh and blood. I mean, they can get hurt just like you can get hurt or, or you know, get lost just like you can get lost. But because they're there, it gives you a boost of confidence. Man, if that is the case with just a frail human being who the, their lights can be snuffed out, they're just like a vapor. They're like a vapor in the wind. We have a God who is the anchor, who is the rock, who is strong, who is powerful, almighty, omnipotent, and he walks beside us. Oh, my goodness, we can do all things through Christ who gives us strength. I love what Paul said when he, he quoted that. He was talking about how he had had plenty and how he had had nothing at times. He had been strong. He had been weak. He had been free, and, and, and we know that he had been imprisoned. We look at all these circumstances. He had been cold and naked and cold. I mean, it's bad enough to be cold and have clothes on. <laughs> but he was naked and cold, you know, and yet he's saying, in all of these circumstances, I know that I can do all things through Christ. I can be warm. I can be cold. I can be and I can be empty, but I can do all things. I think what peace that is, I mean, this guy was shipwrecked. He was beaten. He had some good times, and boy, oh, boy, if anybody had some bad times, Paul, you know, beaten 39 lashes, you know, with this, I mean, these were nasty whips, you know, with with things that, you know, broke bones and things that ripped flesh, and he was beat 39 times, and what is it, three times he had that happen to him? Mm-hmm. And here... This man says, but I can do all things. I mean, at some point, I'm like, you know, our little, you know, American attitude a lot of times is, no, I, I can't do this anymore. <laughs> Lord, I just, I, this is too tough for me. I don't, you know, I'm just, no, they are talking about me, and there's persecution here, and, you know, they're threatening me that I might do this or they might do that to me. And, you know, um, and we back out. Here Paul is like, no. I have come to learn that with God I can do all things. And I think, man, we don't know what the all things are. God doesn't give us, like, this this list, you know. Okay, here is your list um, of all the things that you are going to be. We're giving you a manifest here, and this is going to show you all the things that are going to happen to you in the future. Now, we're going to just let you mentally think about this and mentally prepare yourself for the things that are coming up. No, we have no clue. No thinking clue what's going to happen in the future. Nothing. But the awesome key here is that what we do know we go into our future with is Emmanuel. God is with us. When, think about Adam in the garden. It started off in Genesis with that same message. God is with us. That's the message. He walked with Adam in the cool of the day. He had God with him. Think about that, and with God, 
he had no need, no lack in his life. God was with him, walking with him, talking with him, giving him everything. And what the devil wants to come and do is what? The same thing he did in the garden. It makes you feel like God being with you does not matter at all. It's not going to do anything at all for you. It's all a farce. It's all a lie. You have more need. Matter of fact, I mean, come on, a piece of fruit. You have the living God, and you're going to let the devil talk. I mean, and it's always something that small that he tries to offer us in exchange for the presence of God, for the communion and the companionship of God. Isn't that amazing that there's always some type of exchange of the presence of God or what represents the presence or the blessings of God that Satan wants to give us in exchange to cause us to trade what the almighty living God himself, our creator, the lover of our souls, the one who says that he will walk beside us. As he walked beside David, he says, you know, you should fear no evil for the Lord your God is with you. Think about that. He walks with us beside still waters. He restores our soul. This is the God who gives us nothing but good things. And we have to get that in our mind, that as long as he is walking with us, we can walk through the valley of the shadow of death, and we need not fear. I mean, when when Joshua was going to take up, I mean, he was going in to conquer and to wipe out these, these nations, these ungodly nations, God spoke to him and said, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. Why could he say those words to him? Because God was with him. Your Lord will be with you. Your God will be with you. And we have to get that into our minds that that is the whole key. You start off in Genesis with God being with you. You end this whole thing. You know, we are to go forth and we are to preach the gospel. And, and lo, I am with you. How long? Always. He says, lo, I am with you always. Man, this thing wraps up with those words of comfort. It started off with God being with Adam in the in the garden. And I think we have to realize as we face the year 2013, fiscal cliff, no fiscal cliff. Man, they're never going to get this thing right. I mean, they're, they're maybe they got it now. It's, a, it's, a, it's an interim thing. You know, it's temporary. So things of the world are temporary satisfactions. They're temporary solutions. They're never going to have a perfect fix. That's, that's an eternal, lasting thing that we can just sit back and say, wow, we're glad we're living in, in total peace and security. I don't think so, and the word of God tells us not so. So we have to understand that no matter what we go through, whether we have much or we have little, whether we're eating well or we're not eating well, whether we're living in total freedom or we're we're not living in that as far as as this nation, I don't know. I mean, really, can anybody say what the future is going to hold? None of us know. But the key point is understanding that whatever you're facing in life, even the valley of the shadow of death, no matter what we're facing, coming to that realization that God is with you. I mean, that's what gives me the key because I believe I would be afraid. I would not want to step out. I would not have hope for tomorrow. I mean, really, what, honestly, I mean, you know, come on. Life can be a little disappointing, and people can be a little disappointing if you're looking at this thing without God as as a part of your picture. I mean, because the world is decaying. It's it's sin. I mean, you know, sin has brought death and decay to the world. 
and in people. And so there is no perfection in us or in others. We don't even do what we want to do a lot of the times. And, and so we can't expect that in a relationship or in people to bring this great fulfillment. And yet you see people always looking. They've got, you know, it's kind of like you think about the umbilical cord and they were cut at birth and then they're holding this cord kind of trying to plug into something that's going to bring them completion and wholeness again. The only thing that you can plug into that's going to really do it for you is is Jesus. And, and, and to think that you're going to plug into anything else and, like, boom, the light goes on and, you know, there's, you know, happy days are here and, and, and you're completely, totally fulfilled and satisfied, that doesn't work because God didn't create you to be fully satisfied with anything outside of him. And that's the whole key is that we have to be constantly plugged in to Emmanuel. And we have to have our minds set. Dial, set the dial of your mind to God is with us. Set your radio station to Emmanuel in your mind, constantly realizing that that's the key. Set your heart to Emmanuel so that when you go through a difficulty, not if but when, you go through a difficulty in your life, bam, that's the thing that your, your, your station frequency is set to. And all of a sudden, that's what you're picking up on the airwaves is when you're, you're, all the stuff is zooming around you. I mean, think about it. We have radio stations now, and there's all kinds of stuff on the Internet. There's all kinds of stuff on the radio and television. Every kind of airway, I mean, we're having this program now. But there are gazillions of programs going on all around us, but we're tuned in to this one. You're going to have all kinds of problems, all kinds of things saying that there are solutions, all kinds of ideologies and, and philosophies floating around your head. You're going to have all kinds of problems that you're walking through and things going on sometimes one at a time, sometimes multiple things going on in your life that are difficult, not easy things. You've got to be tuned in to Emmanuel because that is what will get you through the difficult and the dark places where you feel like, oh, my goodness, how am I going to get through this? I mean, the Bible tells us that the days coming ahead, man, it's going to be tough for even the very elect. They're going to be struggling, you know, and if he hadn't cut those days short that are coming up ahead, that even the very elect would be lost. Come on, it's going to get tough, people. So it's a point of you having to realize that God is with you walking with you through everything because what if other people slide out? What if they backslide? What if they say, oh, you know, hey, we can't go with you? It kind of reminds me of the story with Harriet Tubman where she Mm -hmm. tried to run and tried to take her (laughs) brothers with her, and they were like, you know what, the dogs are going to come. They went a ways with her now. They did. You've got to give them credit. The brothers went a couple of, you know, ways with her, but they got afraid and they turned back. So she found herself slipping back into the same bed beside her husband who would not leave, and he was comfortable staying there, but she knew there was more. She knew she had to do something beyond where she was, and so she realized that if I'm going to run, next time I have to run alone. But she knew that really she wasn't alone, that it was going to be she and God who were going to have to make this journey. And I'm telling you right now, the point of the matter is, That's the truth. It's you alone with God making the journey. You might be married. You might have children. You might have a lot of things around you. But the key point of it all is that everything that we see 
It's really temporary. It's a temporal thing. And I say that because people, even if, if you're the best of friends, they can die. Something can happen and take them in the moments of time. But the key is, is that Jesus Christ will never leave you nor forsake you. Nothing can separate you from him, from his love, from his protection. I remember being in my bed when I had gone through a divorce, and I and I was just, oh, my goodness, I was devastated. I had these three small children, and I'm thinking, oh, I mean, you know, I'm not one of those people who has, like, uncles, cousins, cousin Winnie, cousin Jack, cousin, you know, and, and all these people, aunts and sisters and brothers, you know what I'm saying? And you just think, man, if I had all of that, I would have been going through this thing so much easier. But I wasn't one of those people who had, like, this family. I mean, you know, I, I sometimes feel a little bit like Orphan Annie than, than, like, the people who have, like, all these families and stuff, you know. And so here I was going through this situation and I was crying out to God about how to do this. I remember when God spoke to me, and because um, and, it was a difficult time, but he brought me through that step by step by step. And then I remember when the Lord, years after that, called me into a covenant with him, and he said to me, I will be your husband. And this was years later, he says, I will be your husband. And these are the things he said to me. He says, I will always love you no matter what. And he says, I will, I promise I will never, ever leave you. And three, he said, oh, and he gave me a provision. That was a part of the loving me. He will always provide for me. I will always be provided for. Wow, what a promise from God. And that he will never leave me no matter what. He will never walk away. My good days, my bad days, my weaknesses, my strength. He will never walk away. And then the third thing he said to me, he says, and I will always, always, always stand beside you. He says, and and then he, he told me, he says, and a husband cannot promise you that he will keep you from all harm and all trouble. He says, I will never, ever promise you that. But what I will promise you is that I will walk with you through everything, I will protect you and be beside you. And, and, and it's like he was showing me that he would be my protector through everything that I went through. But he won't keep me from it, but he will get me through it. And I thought, wow, that's a powerful word that the Lord is showing me, that he is my provider, he is my lover and protector, and he will never, ever, ever walk Away, so he will not keep me from problems. He won't keep you from problems. That's not what Christianity is all about, is that you will never have a hard day. But my goodness, you will never ever walk alone in that hard day. And, you know, and I'll talk about when I went to Colombia, I went on a missions trip by myself to Colombia, and, and everybody was telling me, you know, Sonia, come on, Colombia is like lots of nations. <laughs> But the one that you want to go to, it's like they have a bad name because, I mean, come on. I mean, gorillas and all kinds of stuff was going on in the hills, people killing people, people not getting out. And they're kind of like renegades. I mean, we don't really have like a sovereign territory or land or an embassy really there. There's a place where Americans, quote, unquote, meet. 
but it's kind of like up for grabs. There's no place where if you're in that country, you can run to and, boy, you're safe. You know what I'm saying? It's like there is no such thing as home place, you know? <laughs> there, is, there is no safe place at all in in that area, and people don't realize a lot of times. So a lot of militarism. I had a friend, a neighbor, who is a military officer in Intel, and she was like, look, they try to send me to Columbia. I don't even go. I just tell them, look, send me somewhere else. I'll go double somewhere else. I don't want to go to Columbia because she said people go over there. They've gotten mugged. Her friend has gotten beat up a few times. She's like, and they're military. She's like, we just don't, we, we don't like to go over there. And she's like, are you sure about this? I'm like, yes, you know, you know, safer to be in the will of the Lord than, you know, even at home, you know. And so I really feel like the Lord wants me to go here. So I went. And the crazy thing is, is, I mean, I'm excited. I am pumped up, man. The Lord has, you know, given me a word, and I am just excited. I'm excited to be going over here to teach um, English to, to Spanish-speaking people, and so I'm just thrilled. So I'm on a plane, and then I get off the plane, and there was definitely a logistic problem somewhere because I see all these people sitting out of the airport with signs welcoming the people who they're meeting. I'm looking for my name, Sonia. Where is it? Uh, it's my name. <laughs> Our letters are all the same, so I'm looking for my name. And no sign, no sign held up welcoming me. And I'm thinking, oh, my goodness, this is really kind of um, unnerving here a little bit. But, you know, I'm kind of cool with Chuck for a while. I, mean, I can kind of do all right in a situation, but hours begin to pass. And people were leaving the airport and I'm realizing it's starting to dwindle. Now, I'm, I'm okay and I'm cool. I can speak my little bit of Spanish, and I'm talking to the cab drivers who keep insisting that I need a ride. And I'm like, look, I am staying here waiting for my people to come and pick me up. And they're saying to me, well, your people aren't here. <laughs> so they're saying this to me in Spanish, they're not here. You need a, you need a ride. You need a ride somewhere. Where are you going? Where are you going? What, what hotel do you want to take us to? Where, you know, where do you want to take us to? And so I had remembered my friend told me about some movie she had seen about people getting taken somewhere, and I'm like, I ain't getting in a cab. Now, that, that part I did listen to my neighbor who said, do not get into a cab for no reason whatsoever with somebody you don't know. So I was not going to do the cab thing. And so that was kind of the, the, the one thing. I'm not getting into a cab with a strange man that I have no clue where he's going to really take me. So I'm standing there, and I'm waiting with my luggage, and I'm thinking, oh, my goodness, now, I have given these people probably, you know, I think we were about getting, if we hadn't been in about three hours, we were well on our way to about that much time elapsing, and I'm thinking, okay, Lord, you're going to have to bring me somebody who speaks really good English, because my Spanish is not that good, and I haven't been able to find anybody who speaks any English at all, so finally, after I prayed that prayer, no kidding, one person, I find this one person who speaks enough to where we can communicate. And um, and she's letting me know that the airport is about to dismiss all of their employees for the night, and they won't be opening back up again until, like, you know, 7, 6, six in the morning or something like that. So I am like, and she's like, and I really don't think it probably would be a great idea for you to, <laughs> to be out here all night by yourself. So, you know, and so she worked at a hotel, or so she said. You know, you have to put a lot of trust in somebody. So she said that she worked at a hotel, but they've got an unmarked van 
that doesn't have a hotel name on it or anything going to some hotel. So I'm like, man, do I believe this woman or not? I mean, you know, people sometimes will do a lot of things for, you know, some bucks. So do I go with her and then trust that she's not going to take me to some brothel or something? I'm just like, (laughs) my brain is starting to just go wild. And But I'm still fairly reasonable and rational and calm at this moment. And so I finally realized they're leaving. They're the last of the last people leaving. And, I mean, the pilots have gone, the steward, I mean, the, the flight attendants, everybody is gone And as far as the workers there. And so they're kind of loading up. There are signs and there are whatever of people they're picking up, and they're, they're getting ready to leave. And so they have no more people coming in. They've done their last shuttle. This is the last one. There's nobody that is in the van waiting for them. I would be the only one. So there's a driver, this girl, and and I decide, you know what, I'm going with you. I'm going to go to a hotel. I'm going to go to your hotel, and somehow we'll we'll call and make contact some kind of way once we get there. And the bad thing was is I had their number to their their home where I would be eventually going. I did not have their number, which which was at the where they were in that particular city at the airport, which was two hours away from where their home was. So I had no cell phone for them or anything. I just had their home number. And so I'm thinking, okay, how am I going to even get a hold of these people? So so she happened to have a, a cell phone that had just a very few um, United States minutes left on it. I called my pastor and my good friend, Bobby Collins, and I'm like, look, this is the situation. Please do something, whatever. And then the phone went dead about the time I gave him, just got the number out. And so, but it, you know, and I had a, I just thought, okay, I don't know if he got all the information. I don't know what happened. The phone is dead. I'm hoping that he got everything that he needed. And I, and I hope that they can find me. But here I am on, in this van with these two strangers, and I'm going through all these back alley roads. I, I'm like, man, where are they taking me? Even if they did get my information, my patch got my information, will they even find me by the time these people, you know? So, <laughs> so they're taking me all through these roads, and then we finally get to some area. It didn't. It was not a business district. They take me to something that looks like a house, and they and it's a gated house at that, and it's small. And this man comes to this gate, opens it up. And he closes and locks the gate behind us, and we go inside of this this building. And I am sitting there. And then, and then once we get there, he takes my passport. I'm like, what is this? People don't take passports in America. He takes my passport and keeps it. And of course, and 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 then the two people who drove me there, they exchange some money and go their separate ways and leave me there with this guy who takes my passport. Escorts me to this room that I have never ever seen anything like this, and. But it's clean, it's clean, but it's down this dark hall. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. There wasn't even like a little nightlight. It was pitch black. And I go inside of this room, and I'm like, oh, my goodness. They're probably going to call the girly wagon up in the morning (laughs) 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 and put me on the working farm, you know, or send me out with the working girls or something. I'm like, oh, God. They'll have, like, this is the exotic American one or something. And I am just, my brain is just going a mile, I mean, a minute. It is just turning. And I'm telling you, I would be lying to you if I told you I was not terrified. At this point, I have no idea where I am. I'm in this black, 
pitch black room, no light, nowhere. And I'm thinking, where have they taken me and what is going on here? And I just become overcome with terror. I was filled with terror. And I felt myself, I actually literally began to shake. I was so scared. I mean, you know, I have never, ever felt that way. I was mm-hmm. actually trembling. And I thought, oh, my God, I, I'm not going to see my family anymore. Well, God, you're going to have to take care of my sons. They're they're big enough now where they can do it. So I'm having all these thoughts in my heart. <laughs> and I finally felt, after a moment, the Lord was like, Sonia, get a hold of yourself. I am with The God who was with you in America is the God who is with you here. You are not alone. I can work this out in your behalf. Whatever you have to face up ahead, I will be your strength. Praise God. It was like all of a sudden the truth and reality of the God who controls the entire universe was with me and would take care of my situation, no matter how dire and desperate it felt, he was with me. And he would walk me through this thing, and I needed to get control of myself and realize that he was with me. I was all alone. He is Emmanuel. Amen. And that's the key. I believe that we have to understand that in your lack, what, what, what could the future hold? What does it hold? As long as you can understand that God is with you, whether that's, we don't know, like I said before, but we are not to walk in fear because God is with us. We are not to walk in doubt because God is with us. We are, we are to go forward. And I believe that this year, as the Lord has spoken to me, that this is the year to arrive. Every year, God gives me a word. And the word that he gave me this year was, Sonia, now is the time to arise. And what does it mean when you arise? You arise from your slumber. You arise from what you've been laying down in. You hear me? You get up from whatever it is that you've been lying down in and slumbering in and sleeping in. No longer time to arise. When you arise, you get started to do something. You're going forward. Arising is about doing something and moving in the direction that God has you. And not only do you arise and go forward, but you arise and you go up. And you look over those things. You fly over those things. You are, God is, he's causing us to transcend beyond what we have ever known. And I love that because you can be in a horizontal position for the rest of your life if you allow yourself to stay there. And the thing is, this is the key, is that you've got to do something when you're understanding even that Emmanuel, God, is with us. He is with us as we go and do what he has called us to do. And we read in um, in Isaiah chapter 7, I think that's a really powerful story, where there was a king and he became so, so afraid and, you know, the thing is, he was it was King Ahaz, and God had spoken to him not to be afraid because the problem was is that he was the king of Judah, but the king of Israel 
was against him, and he was marching with another king from a, from a different country. So you had these two kings, great, great nations, and they were opposed and going to fight and annihilate and try their best to wipe out Judah. And, and Judah, King Ahaz was the king over Judah. They were going to wipe Judah out. That was the whole plan. They hated them. They taunted them. And here he's got his, his fellow Israelites, the king of Israel, joining with a heathen nation to come against him. So he's got his brothers against him on one side and his enemies against him on the other. Isn't that amazing? So, you know, that's a picture right there in and of itself. And so he became, he was filled with terror. He was filled with terror. And his thought was, did you know what I'm going to have to do? I'm going to have to go down to Assyria because Syria, man, they're talking about some bad warriors. Now they are people who can whip up on somebody. You know what I mean? They can whip up on some people, and I'm going to have to join with them because they know how to fight. If there are some fighting people up in here, that's the Assyrians. And so we're going to go to the Assyrian camp, and we're going to get, I'm going to join with them. And God was like, oh, you don't have to do that, King Ahaz. Guess what? I am with you. I will be with you. Matter of fact, I'm going to let you ask me for a sign. And it doesn't even matter what it is. The sky's the limit. You ask me for whatever you want, and I will show you a sign that I am with you. You don't have to go down to Assyria and get help. And do you know that King Ahaz would not believe? God sent him a prophet to say to him, whatever it is you want, I can show it to you. I will do it. I will help your unbelief. I know you don't believe. I'll even give you a sign to help your unbelief that I can do it. Can you imagine what God must have felt like that Ahaz still would not believe in the mighty God who had delivered his ancestors out of the hands of the Egyptians? He still would not believe. We think Emmanuel is all about just in the New Testament, but that was the sign of Emmanuel. He says God is with us. That's what the subtitle on chapter 7 in Isaiah is, the sign of Emmanuel. God is with you. If you go out and you do this, it says do not lose heart. God will be with you. And yet what do we see? He lost heart anyway. I mean, can you imagine what a slap in the face that was to God? That, so you don't think God is enough, but you think man is enough. Oh, that is so lame and crazy. It says the king, in, in, in chapter 12, it says, but the king refused, even though he said, listen, listen to what God's offer was to him. And uh, I'm going to actually go up a little bit in chapter, in, in verse 9, it says, Israel, this is the enemy that's coming against him. Israel is no stronger than its capital, Samaria, and Samaria is no stronger than its king. Unless your faith, and I want people to hear this, please hear this, underline it, go in chapter 9 of, of chapter 8 of, in verse 9, listen to this, unless your faith is firm, I cannot make you stand firm. Mm. What part of that do you play? Unless your faith is firm in me, I cannot make you stand firm. You've got to have faith that I can do what I said I can do or I won't do it. Unless your faith is firm, I cannot. Wow, God said this. I cannot make you stand firm. 
I want to help you. I want to make you stand firm, but I cannot because your lack of faith is preventing me from doing this. So we mm. we would later the Lord sent this message to King Ahab, and he's still dealing with him. Okay, if he realizes that his faith is not firm, so this is what God offers him. Ask me, the Lord your God, for a sign of confirmation, Ahaz. Make it as difficult as you want, as high as the heavens or as deep as the place of the dead. And listen to this. But the king refused. No, he said. Uh, I, I, I will not test the Lord like that. What? Don't try to get religious on me here. God, if you, you're walking in unbelief. And you're trying to act like you're so spiritual that, oh, I won't do such a thing. What? You just want to go out to Assyria with people you can see. And God says, all right. Then the Lord himself will give you the sign. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. And think about what he's saying to him. He's saying you refuse and reject it. God with you. But that is not going to stop the promise from going forth. There will be people who will come after you who will realize that God is with them and they will do great and mighty exploits. But, however, let's get back to you, King Ahaz. What's going to happen to you? Because you refuse to believe that Emmanuel, God is with you, can bring it about, can make it happen, can burst forth through the brick wall because you refuse to believe that your God could tear down the biggest kingdom, the the greatest warriors, the greatest kings, and, and all of their troops and soldiers, because you refuse to believe that, guess what I'm going to do to you? The same people who you're going down to help are going to be the same, going down for help, are going to be the same people going to come and destroy your land. By the time, he says, a little child will be able to count the trees that are left standing when this king gets through with you. A little child will be able to count them. So my thing is, is you best be believing that when God says Emmanuel, that he can do what he says he can do. I mean, we got to get to the point where I don't even need a sign. As long as God is with me, I know I can make it through this. I know that I can do this. I know I can afford. And so my word of passion is that you have to understand that if God is with us, I'm not going to promise you that your life is going to be easy. I'm not going to stand here and, and promise you that you're not going to have some things that are going to happen financially or whatever, and it's going to be this bed of roses. But my prayer for each person who is listening, including myself, is that we come to a place of realizing that we can do all things through Christ who gives us strength. We can do all things because Emmanuel, God is with us. And I tell you, it was important for God to come on this earth because if not, we would have been lost, alone, and afraid, kind of like I was when I was in Colombia. But when I came to the realization, wait a minute, God is with me. I am not walking this thing alone. When I think about the problems and the situations that I have to face even now in my life, there are big things that I, I get a peace and a comfort in knowing that God is with me. I don't know if your situation is a physical situation of health, but that's a difficult place. That's a hard place to be sick and 
chronically sick or to have these things sometimes that are happening in our life and we have to fight through those things until we get our victory, that can be a difficult road. And it's not about your lack of faith or anything that people sometimes ridiculously say to people who are struggling in areas that they have to walk through. But let me tell you, whatever you're walking through, if it's a health issue, God is with you. One day at a time, one step at a time, God is with you. If your situation is that you're, you're, you're aching with loneliness in your heart, loneliness in your life, I mean, that can be such a difficult thing. I have a lot of friends who are older. Their kids have moved on and different things have gone on and their, and their lives, you know, are not what they were before. That can be a very crippling, a very, very deep and hurtful thing. You know, because everybody's got their lives going on. It's true. And and, and, and there are not always a whole lot of room for, for people, um, especially if they're older people sometimes. There's not a lot of room for them. And and the thing is, is I want to encourage you that God is with you. Take it one day at a time and ask God to give you insight into what he would have you to do. You know, there's so much usefulness for each person. If you are breathing life, God's got you here for a reason. You have purpose, you have value, and you have worth. And if a person is going through something emotionally, let me tell you, God has a breakthrough and he, he has healing for you. But how long you have to walk through something until you get to that other side, I can't give you that answer. But I will tell you that I know that God is with you. He will walk you through that place. And I believe right now that not only can he walk you through it as you're going through it, but he can deliver you out of it. But even as Paul said, with or without, I have learned that I can do all things. And I think about the three Hebrew children walk, being put, thrown into the fiery furnace. Think about it. They were like, our God, he can deliver us, but even if he doesn't, we're not going to bow down to you, O King Nebuchadnezzar. Either way, with the fire, without the fire, with the deliverance, without the deliverance, we still realize that God is with us. And either way, we're going to we're going to realize we have strength because Emmanuel. Isn't that amazing? He showed up. Emmanuel showed up in the Old Testament. I mean, that's what we first read about in Isaiah. And he showed up in the New Testament throughout the Bible. It's all about Emmanuel. The word of God is Emmanuel. Think about it. When we get a hold of the word and we hide the word even in our hearts, we are we are partaking of Emmanuel even then. We're getting it in our minds that God is with us. When we take these pages of these words and we meditate on them and we memorize them, we are Placing in our spirit that truth, God is with us. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. So the word became flesh. We've got the word here. We've got the word here. We've got to continue to place that word inside of our hearts more now than ever. We've got to realize God is with us. How can we remember that? How can we infuse that, inscribe that, embed that in our hearts and in our minds? We've got to do it by reading the word of God, voraciously eating it, partaking it, memorizing it, and, and, and daily reading it so that we will not sin against the God who is with us and we can believe him for great and mighty things for 2013 and the rest of our lives. Praise God. Praise God. Sonia, 
I tell you, this is straight from God's throne room. I, I'm just amazed at the timing, even with the Holy Spirit, and with speaking through you to the listeners, to myself, and even like you said, to, your, to yourself. And I just want to thank you for being obedient, coming on today. You were just an open vessel letting the love of God just flow through. And listeners, if you want to get in touch with Sonia, Sonia, how will they be able to get in touch with you if for any kind of conferences, any kind of um, anything that you have? How can they get in touch with you right now? They, the best way to get in touch with me is by email. Email me at simply, S-I-M as in Mary, P-L-Y, seasoned, like the four seasons, publish, P-U-B-L-I-S-H, at myway.com. So if you have need of any information, that's the best way to contact Great. me. Simply Seasons Published at MyWay.com. Praise God. We have 90 seconds, and this is just so God. I just, I you have to come back. I know that I, I we both know we just let the Holy Spirit have its way, and you did, you were just amazing. And thank you, God, for allowing your chosen vessel to speak to your people today. So, Sonia, as we're going out, I just want to play, pray a blessing over you and wish you a m- most abundant new year because God is definitely using you and you are soaring. And when you were speaking, David kept coming to mind and how we are to use the tools he has given us because he is with us and he's holding our hands as we utilize those tools. And there's many tools he has given you and you will be blessed in your family and your ministry. So with that, ladies and gentlemen, I just thank you for listening. We will be back next Friday at 10 a.m. And just know that God loves you, and so do I. Thank you so much for listening. To all my people in the struggle, you think God's forgotten about you. Here's some pain medicine. Let's go! You in your car, you at the house, on your job. Being courage, boo. Come on! Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.